Today on Locked On Rockies, let's talk about one of the, if not the most exciting prospect in the Rockies system and a little bit of free agency talk. You are Locked On Rockies, your daily Colorado Rockies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rock on Rockies fans, welcome into the Locked On Rockies podcast for today, the first day of November in the year 2022. I'm your Rockies fan extraordinaire, Paul Holden, host of the Locked On Rockies podcast, bringing you your daily Colorado Rockies podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find your team every day. And if your team is the Colorado Rockies, well, guess what? You're in the right place. Because that's what we do around here. We talk about the Colorado Rockies each and every single day. And today's episode of Locked On Rockies, we're going to talk about one of the biggest names, one of the most exciting, if not the most exciting prospect in the Rockies system, Zach Veen. And we're going to talk about uh, what Thomas, Thomas Harding had to say about the Rockies' approach to free agency. But before we do that, reminder that this is the Locked On Podcast Network, where you can find your team every day. We appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and streaming on your favorite streaming service. All you got to do is search Locked On Rockies. You'll be taken to where you need to go. And if you subscribe to Locked On Rockies on YouTube, then you can be part of the live show because you'll know when we go live and you can drop your questions into the live chat and be part of the show. My favorite part is answering your questions. I'm a Rockies fan. You're a Rockies fan. Let's talk about the Colorado Rockies together right here on the Locked On Rockies podcast. Now, Zach Veen. Stud. I think we're getting I think we can officially start to say it. The Rockies have some really interesting and exciting prospects, and they are all starting to hit the major league level around the same time. Now, Veen a little bit further away, but I sent out a tweet to our friends at Locked On uh, MLB Prospects today. And uh, I wanted to get a quick update from uh, from them and from the fall league so far. And this is what they had to tell me again. At Locked On MLB Prospects, they uh, breaking down uh, MLB prospects every day. That's what they do uh, over there. They they they, uh, they got we got the response here. And uh, number one thing, Zach Veen is V good. V, if you're not familiar with hip internet slang, is very. Uh, number two is no, really. In 17 games, he's 348, 450, 439 in Arizona with four extra base hits, 10 RBIs, 11 walks to six strikeouts, and is 14 for 16 on stolen bases. The added third bonus for Veen. The flow's even better. That's what he, they say over there. Uh, from our friends at Locked On MLB Prospects, and that is ex- I mean, that those are the numbers, folks. Those are the lines. That's the type of stuff. MVPs of Fall League are pretty much uh, have had a pretty good history uh, of turning up into pretty darn good players. I mean, it there are some really, really good players that have uh, come from the Arizona Fall League. And uh, you might recognize some of the names that, uh, uh, that some of these names might uh, sound familiar to you. Chris Bryant is the MVP in 2013. Nolan Arenado is the MVP in 2013. Ronald Acuna Jr. was the MVP of the Fall League in 2017. Glaber Torres was the final. MVP in the 16 draft. The uh, let's see, any of these other names that are really looking at you? Greg Bird, Adam Ingles. I mean, 
there are most of these names. I mean, and I, there's a lot of baseball players. So I mean, even, even I fall fall a victim to not knowing good baseball players, even though they might not have the uh, the fanciest and the best names. But if Veen is able to perform at an MVP level for the fall league, look at those names. I mean, look at the at the at the trajectory of some of those players. That is a tremendous sign. Let alone the fact that Veen is crossing all of the things off that you want from offense. Maybe the only thing you're not getting is 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 technically home runs, but that's that might be I'm missing the point. I feel like there when he has the four extra base hits in 17 games. On top of that, even though he doesn't have, uh, he had, uh, most of his hits might not be extra bases, he's still batting almost 350 across 17 games. That's a solid sample size. That would be a solid call-up in and solid amount of plate appearances if he was to have a stint with the Rockies for, say, uh, an injury or something like that. There are so many aspects to be excited about by Zach Veen's game that you can't help but sit here and think that the Rockies might be on the cusp of something great again. They've been able to do this before. They've had the, the this it this isn't that big of a surprise from within this organization. They have been able to develop certain great talent and Veen has been awesome. Zach Veen in the season as well. He uh, batted over and uh, he got 466 at bats this year in uh throughout his minor league time. 245 average, 340 OBP, and an OPS of 724. He hit 12 home runs in that time, had 67 RBIs with 55 stolen bases. Him being a base running threat that can get on base, that can also swing it, and as an outfielder, those are the elements. That is part of the DNA of what you want for a Colorado Rockies outfielder. Zach Veen is what you're looking for. If you could get Zach Veen to hit 20 home runs a year, perhaps, if you can get him a little bit more power in that, but it, it, even if, say he tops out around 12, he he doesn't, he's not a big power leave the yard guy. I'll be fine if Zach Veen is in that 12 to 20 home run range if he's leading the team in doubles. If he and and with this speed and base running ability, the 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 triple factor with playing at a place like Coors Field, the tools and what is working for Zach Veen is going to work at Coors Field, and it is going to help the Colorado Rockies. This is an exciting outfield prospect that's going to come into a system that is going to have some good veterans to teach it what to do. And if he's going to, if he's not necessarily what we're looking for in power, maybe you're going to get that more from Montero. Maybe you'll get that more if, to, if, if Tovar starts leaving the yard or Tolia as well. If Montero and Tolia are supposed to be the future of your power and the ones that can drive it, we know Montero can hit home runs. He uh, kind of did it a couple of times uh, at the major league level this year. Then if Veen is more of the extra base hits, hit for contact, but hits in the gap and plays good defense with great speed in the outfield, that is the DNA of a Rocky center fielder. That is what you want for your center fielder at Coors Field and for the Colorado Rockies. Really, really exciting stuff coming from Zach Veen. Now, the question is, is he going to play for the Colorado Rockies this coming season? Well, 
That's an interesting question. And again, I think it kind of stems with all of our conversations about what are the Rockies going to do? Who are, who's sticking around? Who's making this lineup? Who's playing what role? As you could concede, uh, there's, there's a lot of arguments to be made for multiple different lineups. And uh, we'll talk about that here in just a second. But before we do that, i got to tell you about some of the people that make this show possible. And that includes BetOnline. BetOnline.net. That's BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the basketball season, hockey season, baseball World Series. If you want to get in on the action, BetOnline is the place for you. Why? Well, they got the latest player developments. They got the team matchups, the odds, the lines, everything you need to know to figure out what is the best way to approach your betting when it comes to each matchup for each team. They got news. They got podcasts. They got in-depth analysis on every single game. And as always, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information. So if you want to see the latest lines, you want to see the latest odds, you maybe want to jump into a game that's already started. Well, guess what? You can with the live betting and up-to-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events at BetOnline.net, and that includes Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. You can head to the website that's BetOnline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about Bet Online. BetOnline.net, bet online where the game starts. What do the Colorado Rockies do next year if Zach Veen continues to dominate and has a strong spring? Is it going to be too soon to bring him up to the major league level? And when do you bring him up to the major league level? I think, me personally, I think the approach should be he goes and starts the year in uh, AAA, maybe if not AA, after playing with the Rockies throughout the spring. Zach Veen should be playing for the Colorado Rockies a lot this spring, as much as he possibly can, while also getting the Rockies in shape and in tune for there. I don't think he's going to make the roster on opening day. I think the Rockies have enough depth and enough uh, uh, of a log jam already figuring out what their outfield is going to look like, while incorporating a player like Michael Tolia in there as well. uh, They're not going to want to factor in another top prospect outfield prospect i know uh, totally is not necessarily focused on the outfield but we saw him play a lot of right field so that's somewhere that the rockies might still be placing him in the lineup next year i don't think veen will play with the rockies in the beginning of the year but zach veen will be one of the first if not the first rockies outfield prospect to be called up when it is inevitable that the rockies need to fill outfield depth injuries are going to happen it doesn't who knows what it, who it might happen to but if you look at a consistent what you would imagine is the Rockies starting uh center or outfield next year Chris Bryant Charlie Blackman and uh Jonathan Daza all of them have had injuries in the past and we know that two out of three of them could have injuries that linger for a while charlie blackman and chris bryant charlie blackman had that long nagging thing and had his season shut down as well what impacts are that going to be so in reality i think the rockies are going to do are going to have charlie primarily dh he is not going to see a lot of outfield time next year i don't think so that does leave a spot open for potentially bringing Veen up, but you're gonna see Grichik there. You're gonna see Tolia there. There, those are going to be the two players that are probably going to are going to fill that for a third and fourth spot in the outfield. And I would say Charlie Blackman's probably your fifth outfielder at this point, hopefully. 
Again, as we talked about yesterday, the way the Rockies construct their lineup is going to impact and decide how their prospects are going to get playing time. When do the Rockies actually want to turn to playing the prospects? It was kind of surprising that the prospects got as much playing time as they did this year and as many got called up at the end of last year already just because of the Rockies uh, you know, bringing in these vets and thinking that they're a competitive team. So how, when do the Rockies actually want to turn to these players? Are the Rockies going to approach free agency to bring more veterans in to get in the way? Or are they, do they believe in enough of what they saw from the prospects and what they have that they're going to turn to them early on? Are we fully convinced the Rockies are going to turn to some of their prospects completely in the beginning of the season? I'm not. I mean, they're the, the uh, because... It makes it seems more likely to me that the starting outfield for the Rockies next year is going to be Bryant, Daza, and Grichik versus Bryant, Daza, Tolia, or Bryant, Daza, and uh, Veen, for for example, is what we're talking about. I think Veen needs a little bit more time just to just to keep figuring things out, and we need to ease him in. We can't just drop the the immediacy and the importance of how impactful Zach Veen can be without just making sure that he's good and ready. And just like, take for example, again, we always circle back, and I don't think, Veen's not on the same level in terms of national scale, national perception, but the Mariners didn't rush Julio, and then when they were confident and fully new after seeing him a good chunk, uh, getting a good look at him in 21, they were confident that they knew going forward that Julio is the guy. This is going, he is going to, they knew, they saw enough, he's dominating the lower levels, and Veen could very much be on that same path if the Rockies are not relevant in the second half of the season next year and Veen is tearing up the minor leagues Zach Veen should play with the Colorado Rockies for the second half of the season he absolutely because then then that paves the way forward for the Rockies for the future and you can kind of figure out what you're going to do say for example uh are you you become sellers at the deadline you move Grichik that opens another spot and then your right field is mostly dominated by the two players that you want to figure out what's going on anyway Veen and uh Tolia you might even put Daza over if you like Veen's defensive abilities more in center field. Chris Bryant might move over to right field, and you see those them, uh, you know, the, the the younger guys play left field. There's plenty that the Rockies can do, and ways for the Rockies to get Veen on the roster and onto the line and into the lineup. But it's going to come at the cost of the Rockies not in a position of success next year. I don't think the Rockies, they they are, Veen is going to get a shot. Zach Veen will suit up. To answer the question, the overall question of this podcast, yes, Zach Veen is going to play for the Colorado Rockies next year. When, where, in what capacity, all of that varies on how the team is performing. Does the team make any moves? What do they do this offseason? Because it is, do, how do you, what are they going to add? Because a team that needs a power outfield bat, what does that mean for the future of Veen and Tolia and uh, you know XYZ prospects that the Rockies had already committed to and went for? So, that's kind of the stuff that we have to consider there. I, I, I and, 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 uh, but overall, there's not a doubt in my mind that Zach Veen comes in place for the Colorado Rockies. And boy, oh boy, can I not wait for the Rockies to have someone who's going to be a base stealing threat. I think the Rockies should embrace the hit, especially at home. 
They need to do things to generate offense more. And a player like Veen can do that, not only by swinging the bat, by running. And I thought the Rockies have critically underused a lot of their players to do this. The Rockies need to steal more bases. And I'd love to see the Rockies get more aggressive in using things like hit and runs and other things to generate offense. Small ball as well. The lack, No shifts next year should be an opportunity for the Rockies to thrive. I, uh, this, is, this now should be back to traditional course field up baseball. There's going to be, hopefully we're going to see the Rockies be a team benefit from the, the, the absence of the shift because of, uh, you know, just the, the randomness and the, and the science of baseball, just from, from the Rockies being able to put things more in play, maybe a little bit more carry and things of that nature. I really hope so. But we're gonna still going to see elite defenses. We're going to still see elite defenders uh, out there as well. So lots of questions, a lot of interesting uh, uh, theme uh, as well. And um, it, it, it's it's really going to be interesting to see how the Rockies handle Veen and, and what they do this offseason. And Thomas Harding gives us an inside look into the Rockies' plan for free agency, just something brief, just something short. We'll just uh, uh, so not not the biggest look as uh, the Rockies still kind of have the same type of things we've talked about before. We'll talk about that after this. We are the Locked On Rockies podcast. You can find us free and streaming each and every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. You can hop into the uh, the live chat just like at Rocks Hot Takes. Veen can learn a lot from Bernard for base stealing in AAA. I, you know, he can, but at the same time, Veen is stealing bases. I don't necessarily know how much it, it, it comes to... Uh, 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 how much more he needs to learn? It's it's maybe as can is it going to translate to the major league level? Zach Veen is fourteen for sixteen in the uh, fall league right now in stolen bases, and uh, he had over fifty steals last year. I, I I mean Bernard might be able to give him some clues on on how it works up at the major league level after his stint for sure. But uh, Veen is going to be locked and loaded as a base stealing threat. So Thomas Harding here is uh, writing about what the Rockies might do in free agency. And uh, he talks about some possible Rockies targets. We talked a little, he says, the Mets' Brandon Nimmo ranks at the top of the team's potential free agent targets. He's coming off a career year and checks many boxes. Left-handed production, on-base ability, speed, and strong defense in center. His Cheyenne Washington roots only add to the intrigue. There will be plenty of bidders. Uh, Another experienced candidate could be the Padres' Trent Grisham, whom the Rockies considered in the first round in 2015. He was selected by the Brewers 15th overall. Grisham struggled to a 184 batting average in 2020 or 2022, but at 17 home runs and drew a healthy 57 walks. Strong performances during the postseason suggested he can be an asset with a slight approach adjustment. He led the majors in uh, with strikeouts in uh, with 57 strikeouts looking, uh, according to Thomas Harding here. As much as the Rockies need offense, defense might be a bigger factor given the amount of ground to cover at Coors Field. Grisham clearly fits the true uh, the defensive profile so there's two options it'd be great if the nimmo would be awesome i I mean i really think that would be a great move for the rockies and it depends on how much they really are going to be aggressive how much they want to go after it uh but uh this is also an interesting piece here is who might the rockies trade the rockies took criticism as the only team not and this is uh from thomas harding by the way you can get his uh rockies emails uh this is what i'm reading from 
The Rockies took criticism as the only team not to make a deal at the August trade deadline. Bard pulled himself off the trade market by signing a two-year extension. All-star first baseman stank into a deep slump. Teams in search of relief help chose pitchers who weren't headed into free agency like Estevez. Crone, do a club-friendly $7.25 million in 2023, might be more attractive trade trip, although the jury is out whether the prospects that saw late-season time, Ailerys Montero and Michael Tolia, are ready. But expect teams to come after players the Rockies tend not to trade, but just maybe what it will take to make a club-altering deal. Second baseman Brendan Rodgers last week was announced as the Fielding Bible Award winner as MLB's top second baseman and is a Gold Glove finalist. Third baseman Ryan McMahon, headed into the second year of a six-year, $7 million deal, didn't put up expected numbers but had a hard-hit profile that suggests he could take off by simply making the contact that drives the ball into the air more. The Rockies also tend not to trade prospects and almost never trade pitching prospect, but a system that was ranked ninth among clubs at midseason and has prospects that don't have to be protected on the 40-man roster this winter just may have the resources to acquire major league help for minor league potential. It's an interesting deep dive. I mean, nothing, I don't, it's all kind of stuff we talked about before. I really hope the Rockies don't trade Brennan Rodgers. Really, really, really don't hope they trade their, uh, trade Brennan Rodgers. Out of all of the trade chips the Rockies have, I think Brennan Rodgers would be the one most worth holding on to. But as we read in Purple Row, as we've talked about and as we've asked, is there really all that much value to keeping Brennan Rodgers if the Rockies are 30 games out of the division? The Rockies should trade C.J. Crone. We talked about this yesterday. We talked about this before. They can clear up some space. They can get some help. They have the first baseman. You cannot sit here and be asking still about Montero in year three of the Nolan trade. Montero needs to be an everyday starter for the Colorado Rockies. And I know this is kind of the same stuff we said, but as the Rockies go into free agency, they need to make decisions. They need to either buy in and really commit to the players that they believe are foundational and a piece of the team that's going to help them move forward, or they need to build up and help the few pieces that they do believe in and they need to trade. The Rockies cannot go through this offseason without making a deal. There's too many players that have that they have on the roster that they could move away from that other teams might have a chance and it, and it might be interesting. Personally, might not be the worst end of the, end of the world to see what Ryan McMahon looks like out there on the trade market. It could be interesting with Montero there and his ability to play third. Montero is supposed to be the prospect that is, is, is the, brings the excitement that you have to start asking these questions about trading away good veteran players. He is supposed to be the future. He was key in that trade. How are you going to uh, highlight him and are you going to really buy into it? That's the type of stuff. But it'd be interesting to see if the Rockies do, in fact, go after Nimmo and uh, Trent Grisham there. Nimmo being the most ideal. Folks, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Rockies. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. Now that you made us your first listen of the day, go check on the Locked on Sports Today podcast where you can get all of your sports fix in one helpful podcast. You can follow us on your favorite streaming service. You can subscribe as well there and on YouTube so you can be part of the show like at Rocks Hot Takes was. And you can uh, check me out. I'm on Twitter at Paul Holden 33. You can follow me on Twitter as well. Show is at LO Rockies. And uh, folks, that five-star review, you telling your friend all those stuff that helps spread the uh, spread the show, that is a big help to me. Uh, go check out the Locked On Broncos, Locked On Avalanche, Locked On Nuggets podcast for more of your Colorado sports fix. And until next time, I'm Paul Holden saying so long from the Locked On Rockies podcast.